You are about to listen to Defending Black Girlhood Podcast, and I'm your host, Lalita G. I'm a black mother. Look, I don't care what Mookie May May and Lakeisha oh, Mama does. I'm not Mookie May May and Lakeisha's uh, Mama. Tripping. A preacher. Give me the key of D. And Mary had a little baby, and his name was Jesus. A life coach. Look, girl, if Chump don't want no help, Chump don't get no help. Oh, and a singer. And I, and I, and I, no, I ain't a singer. Most of all, I'm an advocate for black girls everywhere they are. And I'm telling you right now, I am unapologetic as hell about my fierce advocacy for black girls to be safe in their homes, schools, and communities. Join us for courageous conversations about topics that most impact our girls and be inspired to do your part in defending black girls in your part of the world. Any scene depicted in this episode is a fictionalized dramatization based on true accounts and public records. We aim to give voice to the story and tragedy of Erica Hill's life. Some information may contain graphic, violent, or explicit language. Listener's discretion is advised. Will you remember me? Now you know my story and the things that people did and did not do, and all the things that were said about me that were lies and just untrue. I wondered, was I missed? Did any of you all look for me? Did you remember the promises you made to keep me safe if I would just put my trust in thee? You asked to see my scars that were hidden. I nodded my head to the things I could not say. I took a leap of faith because I didn't know if I could make it through another day. Everything got worse for me the fall of 2004. I was immediately yanked from school, never to return anymore. I had no time for sweet goodbyes, but now I'm forever gone away. If there was one or two last things that I wish that I could say, it's too late to help me, but there are invisible black girls that you all still need to see. There are thousands of other black girls missing today that maybe you can help in some way. I hope you don't forget me and my name you will continue to say. Erica Antoinette Hill. Erica Hill's story was a difficult one to tell. It's taken us almost an entire year to tell her story, to research it, to interview, to delve into what her short life was about, what she endured, what she experienced in her home, in her school, in her church community, in the community 
at large as a black girl who needed her so desperately needed her black girlhood defended in all those places and by all the people who knew her, who loved her. And as difficult as it has been to tell such a sorrowful story, it has been a pleasure to get to know who Erica was, to get to know the light that was in her eyes. And um, as hard as it's been to tell the story, it's been also hard to know when to stop telling the story. It's been hard to end. It's been hard to not keep going because there's still so much to be told. There's still so much to understand about Erica and her story and about Erica's and their stories that we need to um, listen to, that they need to tell, that we really need to hear. And just kind of knowing where to stop, you know, how, how, how do you stop telling one of the saddest stories you've ever heard? One of the most difficult stories that you ever told, how do you know when you're done? And I don't, I don't know if we're done. I don't know what else needs to be said. And so we end the audio documentary, Who Killed Erica Hill, but it will forever be a part of who I am. It will forever be a part of my work. It will forever be the underscore of defending Black girlhood. It has shaped me. It has changed me. It has challenged me. And my hope is that it's shaped you, that it's challenged you, you who are parents, you who are teachers, you who are aunties and uncles and grandparents, you who are pastors and preachers, Sunday school teachers, you who are child um child care workers, you who are our neighbors and community people. I hope it's changed you forever. I hope it's changed the way you see Black girls, both their beauty and their intelligence and how wonderful they are, but also that you see their pain and you see the scars that are so obvious, that are hard to look at, but hard to look away. I hope that in your homes and in your families and in your classrooms and in the offices of school social workers across the nation and in churches across the nation that we will see black girls. We, will, we won't shy away from their pain because it's easier to do that than to speak up, than to intervene, than to question, than to hold accountability. I hope that Erica's story continues to resonate in your heart. I hope that Erica's story will continue to resonate in your soul like it does mine. And though we end season one, her story does not end. And as I continue to speak and teach and train, Erica will be a part of that. I will carry her story. I will say her name. You know, I will say her name locally. I will say her name nationally. I will say her name internationally. I want Erica Hill's name to be known. I want Erica Hill's story to be known and to continue to be told and to continue to shape how we do what we do and will continue to challenge how we do what we don't do.
and will help us all. That it will help us all to understand that defending Black girlhood is the responsibility of us all. For all of us who, for one reason or another, in one place or another, Black girls pass us. We pass them. We have a touch point in our lives that that we will feel differently about what our responsibility is. And, you know, when I think about Erica's story, and our hope was to tell the depth of the 65,000 Black girls and women who are reported to be missing, that in the telling of one story of Erica Hill, that we'd understand that every missing girl has a deep story to be told. That every missing girl has a wide story, has a deep story, and the context of her life that it matters that she's gone. And even out of the 65,000 that are reported missing, that's reported. How many tens of thousands of Black girls are missing and like Erica Hill have never been reported? Like Erica Hill, the police have never been called. Like Erica Hill, social workers opened the case and closed it without doing one damn thing to defend her. How many of those girls are out there? And understanding that Black girls don't disappear on their own. They don't disappear in a vacuum. Black girls that right now are missing are missing from a home. They're missing from the dinner table. They're missing from being tucked in at night and kissed on the forehood. They're missing from the family reunion. They're missing from the family reunion. They're missing from the classroom. They're missing They're missing from the basketball team. They're missing from the yearbook. The year that Erica went missing in eighth grade, her picture was not in the yearbook. They're missing from eighth grade graduation like Erica was. They're missing from starting high school like Erica was. They're missing from the church pews. They're missing from youth ministry. They're missing from children's ministry. They're missing from the church picnic. They're missing from the community program. They're missing from the Girl Scout troop. They're missing from the park in the neighborhood. They don't go missing by themselves. There's a spot where they used to be that's now empty. Do you see it? Do you see it? And can you see them before they disappear? And maybe if we see black girls that are right in front of us, maybe they won't just disappear like Erica Hill did. In in doing this documentary, one of the things that was so important to me was 
to get a sense of who Erica was, not just to hear her tragic end, but who was Erica Hill. So many times I longed for, wish that I had known Erica. Hope that had I known her, I would have seen her pain and responded to it. And so what I did was I would speak to each guest that we had and I would ask them, what is one word that you would use to describe Erica? And, you know, each time they would come in, people were very tight. They were very tense because this is a topic, Erica Hill's murder is a topic that they had the luxury of not having to talk about it. They had the luxury in the right middle school to tell themselves we did everything that we should have done, could have done. Let's not talk about this anymore. Let's not change any policies. They had that luxury. So when they came in the studio, this is the first time they had to talk about something they haven't wanted to talk about in a long time. And so when I would ask them, what is one word that you would use to describe Erica? I could almost see some of the stress some of the fear melt away and a little bit of joy, just a little smile would come on their face when they would reminisce about Erica Hill. And so listen in with me to the words that they use to describe Erica. If you were to describe Erica with one word, what word would you use? Boy, that's a good question. Gentle. Okay. She has a gentle spirit about her. Energetic. I think I would say she's very like meek, timid, very soft-spoken. I would just say sweetheart overall. She was a very bright, vibrant young lady. We just saw tons of potential. Just seemed to have this natural brilliance that came from her. And so immediately I was drawn to that brilliance. I guess the word that always comes to me when I think of Erica is sweetness. Like she just was always gentle and wanted to connect. So tell me a little bit more about her personality in general. And she wanted to be close. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a lot to say when she was, but you know how somebody's right up under you? Yeah. Like real close. Yeah. And it had a, a feeling like she needed something from me. It wasn't demanding energy. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I want something now, you know, like you got to give me something. It was just like, just hold me close. Just stay by me. Let me know the world is okay. And so she was often outside my office in that way, kind of not asking for anything, little gentle spirit, but around a lot, like sort of hovering around. Where is she today? Yeah. Can she make time for me? And so my colleagues would tease me and say, your friend Erica's here. Okay. And so she was regularly in my office area. She, she was a little bit more of a typical middle school kid, had some energy, but she definitely cared and tried. I would say she didn't say a lot, but she would always find her way back to our offices mm -hmm. and greet us and then just be around. Like you could tell she just liked to be around. Mm -hmm. 
I remember her being like a big jokester. Her always like looking for things to laugh about or being really funny and having like, just having things to laugh and share. So she was like a big jokester. I just remember us being in like a girls group together. And during our time in the girls group, it was like an, an opportunity for us to talk about like coming on our period or just coming of age things that we were learning to deal with and adjust as women and as girls. And I just remember her for the most part, not really like wanting to overshare or say too much. And like other people in the group were more willing to talk about like our first periods or things like that. And I feel like she was a bit more squeamish or like less willing to share those kinds things. She was really soft-spoken when you did speak to her. Very soft voice, very quiet. She was really to herself. She would get picked on a lot because of the way she dressed or the way she looked. She didn't have the prettiest clothes or the nicest hairdos. So automatically I was drawn to her just because I wasn't the bully kind of person. Mm -hmm. I was just that person who loved on everyone. Right. I saw people as God's children, so yeah. it didn't make no never mind to me what she had on or how she looked. I was able to interact throughout the building with many students, and I met Erica when she was adopted by Marie Hill, and she came to the school, and she struck me because her eyes, I remember her eyes just having a sense of that brilliance coming through those eyes and her just being knowledgeable about science and about math and about so many different subjects. And I was just struck by her spirit and by what was coming through intellectually, spiritually. I stood up and took notice of as she arrived at our school. At the end of each interview this season, I would ask each guest to imagine if you could, if you could have one last conversation with Erica, what would you say to her? What would you want her to know? What would you say if you could say one last thing to Erica here? And so, Get ready to listen to a compilation of many of the guests who were on this season sharing their heartfelt words of what they would say to Erica Hill. The last question I have for you is if you could say anything to Erica right now, what would you say? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to endure that kind of abuse and at any given time if I could have stopped it or taken her under my wing or took her home with me I would have done that because nobody deserves that and I'm so sorry it happened and and that I hope I I hope I didn't make it worse I would say, sweetie, your life wasn't in vain. I'm sorry that you paid the price, but because of you, I was made better, right? I was able to see through a different lens. And if I go back to say something to her when she was there, because then I would believe my baby. Yeah. And at that point, I would jump into action. I've said that 
that, that's my I just tell babies I don't I don't go through a whole lot of drawing out about what's gonna happen and how I'm gonna do whatever I'm gonna do for him or whatever whatever my whatever the situation is with that baby now I just let them know I got you I love it thank you I got you tell us what you need talk to us honey and tell us what you need and don't hold back at least we may not be able to do everything but we can do something and don't be in pain. It, you don't have to be. There's help for you. And what would you say to Erica now, knowing what we know? I am so sorry that we weren't able to connect these dots. But it was, uh, we, we were fooled. We were really fooled. Dr. Holmes? Again, I agree with Ms. Evans. At some level, you feel like there was a failure on behalf of the systems that exist to protect kids and families, like what happened to Eric and the Hill family. And so I would say that we failed. Our system is not designed necessarily to protect you from what happened. It's not in a place to be able to protect you. And I'm so sorry and I apologize for not being in a place to have been able to identify all the hurt and pain that you were going through. And if we had to do it all over again, it would be a lot different. I would say I'm so sorry. I wish I could have made a better life for you. I'm so sorry that I couldn't have been, been there for you. And I didn't fight harder for you. I would tell her I'm so sorry, like, I'm just sorry that it happened the way that it happened, and I tried, I did, I really did try yeah, you did. to make a difference, because I knew someone right. I knew she was scared. I just want to tell you, my dear friend, I'm so sorry. Your life was not a waste. I pray that you're in a better place, and you don't have to be scared anymore. I will see you again one day. We all go to heaven eventually. I don't really know what else to say. I just wish so bad that it didn't happen, but I can't undo what has been done. I just want to see her basically have the well-respected justice that she deserves. Yeah, hopefully they'll have you on Forensic Files or something one day so we can everybody can know your story. Erica, I promise I felt that little whisper in my ear that kept me asking about you all these years was you. You wanted us all to know that something was not right. I just wish we wasn't all so young at the time that we just looked right past this. Rest in peace, Erica Hill. Gone, but you were never forgotten. Honestly, I don't know. That's a really wonderful question. I, oftentimes when this first happened, myself and a couple of other girls, we had this conversation. And we all kind of were like, I wish I would have known, I wish I would have known. But the reality is, I think that even if I did know in my child mind, what would I have done? What could I have done? What would I have done to protect her? What could I have done to protect her? And I think that I would want to apologize to her, I guess, more than anything else. Because I think that not only for myself, but just like as a community, I would want to apologize to her for not knowing what it meant to be a child. I want to apologize to her for not being able to exist fully and wholly. I think that beyond apologizing, I guess I would want to know what she needed. I would want to not only just like 
I guess instead of me offering out what I would want to say to her, I would want her to be have the voice to say things to me. And because I think that for so long, people have been talking for her. So I think that it would be more beneficial instead of me saying things for her to talk. For her to have the opportunity and the platform to finally use her voice. And now I'm going to say her name. Erica Antoinette Hill. Erica Antoinette Hill. Erica Antoinette Hill.